Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. He said to his disciples, Let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other there were also other boats with him. A furious call came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was at the stern, sleeping on a cushion. His disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Do you have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They went across the lake to the region of Jerusalem. Jesus got up, got out of the boat, and a man with him, in pure, in pure spirit, came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been chained hand and foot, but tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When Jesus saw, when he when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, do not torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many, ten. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go unto them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd about two thousand about two thousand in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pe- the sheep ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legions of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind and they were afraid those who had seen it told the people 
what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the man began to plead with Jesus to leave the legion. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him go. Go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So I start uh, this sermon uh, with a warning that, uh, as many of you know, I um, am someone that is very much into science fiction and other pop culture references, and they always sometimes find themselves into sermons, um, especially anything dealing with Star Trek, and that's going to happen here. So just to let you know, you've been warned. <laughs> And I'm just going to go right into it. There is a new Star Trek series out there. There have been a few over the years, but the, the one that is causing the most buzz right now is one that is called Strange New Worlds. And it is wildly popular. Uh, the, the series is basically a prequel. It's a prequel to the original series that debuted back in 1966. And it includes most of, well, not most, but a good number of the characters that many people would be familiar with. Spock, Uhura, Nurse Chapel, and of course, if you want to include it as a character, of course, the Enterprise. There is one reason, though, I think that this, this show works very well, and that's because of its um, lead actor um, and, and the lead role of the, cap the ship's captain. And the ship's captain, in this case, is not who you think it is, it's not James Kirk. It is Christopher Pike, who is played by the actor Anson Mount. Now, if you are someone like myself who is very much a Star Trek fan, you know of Pike. And the reason you know is because he shows up as captain in the first pilot, and this is something that is unique to Star Trek. It actually had two pilots. It was the first pilot that showed up in 1965. Now, the network that was carrying Star Trek, NBC, was not crazy about that pilot. So basically, they redid some tooling, and then a brand new pilot was made. By that point, you find out that the captain here is different. Christopher Pike is gone, and his place is the person that we know, James T. Kirk. Interestingly, that abandoned pilot does make its way um, to television, it's being repurposed and kind of folded into the story of Star Trek. That, that pilot was used in another episode, bits of it, um, to show something that happened years before. And in there, we're given some more information about who Pike is. And as the series in that first season, and we're reintroduced to Pike, or actually introduced to Pike, we're given more information about what happened in those intervening years between that first pilot and then into the current series. And 
what has happened is when the series Strange New World starts, he is dealing with the knowledge of what he knows is going to happen. He, so we're having going back at this back point and the whole season is about him coming to terms basically with his fate. And off screen, he is given a chance to know what his future is. And, that, um, and so he takes that opportunity. And this is a side note. If someone ever gives you the chance to tell you what your future is going to be like, do not take it. But Pike did do that, and he would regret it, because he finds out what's going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty. In a decade, he will lead cadets on a training mission. When an accident occurs, Pike rushes to save as many of the cadets as possible, and several of them are saved, but it's at a price. He is severely injured, and he ends up in basically what is a 23rd century version of a wheelchair. His face is scarred with radiation burns. He can't move. The only way he can communicate is through his chair, which is hooked up to his brain waves, and it beeps, telling and indicating what he wants. Well, seeing, as I said, such a horror haunts Pike, it's the background theme throughout the whole first season of the show. Everywhere that he goes, he is haunted by this future image of himself, and he's burdened with this knowledge. And this brings up a question. What do you do when you fear or think you might know how your life is going to turn? Would you live your life any differently? Or would you withdraw, shaken by the news? Why don't we put that into context? What do you do when you're, the organization that you are a part of seems so fragile and the, where the future isn't certain? Do you go sent out helping others or do you pull yourself in? Now in our text in Mark, the disciples are scared. I have never been on a boat in a storm, so I cannot relate about that, but I've been in storms while driving, and those can be quite scary. Last summer I was um, in Michigan visiting relatives who we were driving back to um, our hotel in my hometown in Flint. We had visited relatives in Detroit and a storm came through and the rain was just coming down in sheets so bad you just could not really see in front of you. And you know, you're on this freeway and at, at some point I just decided I'm not driving anymore. I pulled off to the side and I had to let the storm pass. The disciples had to have that feeling of helplessness, that they could not see where things were, 
that they were being tossed around and water was probably getting into the boat and they were fearful that they were going to drown. And of course, while they're running around, feeling obviously scared to death, there is Jesus sleeping through it all. All that Jesus had to do when they finally woke him up was basically say and speak to the storm and it stops. They're flabbergasted. In the life of this church, in the life of so many churches, especially in this time after the pandemic, we have gone through storms. People have left. Budgets have shrunk. And you wonder, does God care? Has God left us? It feels many ways many way like Jesus being asleep. We feel that God is silent. Well, God did answer. A buyer for the building was found and we now have cash flow and maybe we have an opportunity to start again, to continue our ministry. So everything is happy, right? Well, there's a scene that makes me feel about what our ministry is right now. And it's a scene actually from The Simpsons. And if people know the character of Ned Flanders, he is somehow, for whatever reason, trapped in a pen at a zoo with some very angry chimpanzees. And the other character here, Reverend Lovejoy, who is neither, takes charge. He grabs a, a, a train that is a, one of those small trains that winds through like amusement parks and zoos. And he goes and he saves Ned from the angry monkey. So everything is happy until the train heads right back into that pit with the angry monkeys. Now I have to thank, thank um, a Presbyterian pastor who I don't even know, but I just saw this, um, the Reverend Elizabeth Libby Shannon, for her insight about this, that, you know, people have gone, we go through the storms, and, and the disciples have gone through this horrible storm, and they get to the other side, and who is part of the welcoming committee? A demon-possessed guy that calls himself Legion. Some guy that is running around that basically uses stones and cuts himself and yells and chains can't hold him down. And the disciples probably at that point are starting to think, well, maybe that storm wasn't so bad after all. God, through Jesus, had saved the disciples from ruin, but that didn't mean that the life that they were living was going to be smooth sailing after that. People still needed healing. Demons needed to be cast out. The mission had to continue. Jesus saved people from the storm, but he also knows where he is headed. He is headed towards Jerusalem. He is headed towards the cross. Death looms larger and larger, and yet he is still engaged, healing and caring for others. The interesting thing about Captain Pike in this series is that even though he knows what is going to happen, 
even though he knows it and he does not really want to face it, he still does his work. He fiercely stands up for his crew and he works to help others in need. He saves a world that is on the brink of civil war. He works to help a crew member that has that is dealing with PTSD. And he keeps doing whatever he can to make the galaxy a better place. And he does this all from his captain's chair. Matthew Rossi, who wrote an article that kind of stemmed from this thoughts about Captain Pike, says that his living his life, knowing his fate, knowing that there is this seemingly sense of no hope in his life is a sign of hope. He talks about how different Pike is from Kirk. And this is what he says. Where Kirk was a daredevil, a risk taker who inspired his crew with idealism and heroism, Pike is more of a firm and brave and steadfast enabler while also maintaining plenty of heroism idealism. And he continues, it is a very different message from the original series, but it serves as a lovely counterpoint to it. It says that yes, life isn't fair. You might not get what you want. You might end up suffering and it won't be right and it won't be just. You won't deserve it. But even if it happens, even if you can't possibly stop it from happening, you can't, your, how you face it can itself be a victory. There is always the hope of possibly helping someone somewhere see a better future, even if you won't be here for it. One of the ways that someone that I know has described this congregation right now is that we are fragile. And I would have to agree with that. I can't tell you how we will survive in the near future. Now, and that does not mean that I am saying all is lost. I am just being honest with the situation. I do want us to survive and to thrive as a community. But we face odds. This past year, we have already seen two of our sister disciple congregations closed. And I pray strongly, seriously, that we are not next. Here in this place, here in Minnesota, I think that there are a need, there is a strong need for congregations like ours. One that is strong in a classic Christian faith, but also is welcoming of diversity, especially LGBTQ people. There need to be disciple congregations that want to keep everyone at the communion table, especially in a time when we are so tribal. And in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, there especially needs to be a disciple congregation that is diverse and that seeks to bring people of different races and ethnicities together. 
at some point, all congregations and their visible ministries. My hope is that ours is decades down the road, but we are not promised this. And our own lives are also going to end as well. How will we live our lives, both individually and corporately? What will we do with the time that we have? How will we live? I would like us to live with the hope of helping others. There are people who are dealing with demons. There are people who are stuck in places that are desolate and lonely and crying out just as the demon-possessed man was. I want to see our witness See, I want people to see our witness and seek maybe to join us in our journey of hope. I want us to live by growing in our faith and then going out being sent to make a difference in the world so that regardless of how things turn out, people we don't even know can say, this was a group of people who made a difference in my life through their love of God and of one another. So dear friends, as we say goodbye to 650 Wildwood Road, and we also say goodbye to some of the storms that we have faced, we will also know that we will meet challenges. We will come to the other side and have to deal with those challenges just as Jesus and his disciples faced. But as we enter this new phase that is still murky, let us call, do what we are called to do, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, and to pursue God's justice. God is calling us forward, so let us go, and let us enter into this strange new world. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at FCC stpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.